Dear Nicola, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for allowing me once more to speak to this illustrious congregation. Um, very quickly, um, some very brief comments on, on the things that were mentioned before. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, we should distinguish two separate issues, although they both refer to the environment, but the 2020 sulfur issue is one issue. The greenhouse gases discussion is another one. Uh, let me take the very interesting point of speed reduction. I was, in fact, George will be able to confirm this, one of the first ones who, with him, have been promoting and propagating this idea. And although somebody wondered why this is not in the forefront of the discussion, I will remind all of us that about two years ago, even as close as two years ago, this issue was nowhere on the table. Today, it has gathered traction and it is very much in the center of the discussions and not only in private organizations, but even in the, in the international bodies which deal with shipping and its regulations. So it is gathering uh, speed. It's a very delicate and difficult issue and it will be extremely difficult to find a one size fits all um, uh, system. It will also be almost impossible to mandate large percentages of speed reductions. My own invention for this is that the speed reduction should be not more than 20% and it should be consisting of two parts. One of 10% will be a mandatory speed reduction for everyone so that we all show our commitment to this method of cutting down emissions. The other one will be voluntary, but in the sense that whoever prefers not to use it will then have to contribute to this uh, green fund as Mr. Prokopiu described a few minutes ago. On the sulfur issue, uh, please note that there is no way, not, not one in a million chance of the implementation date to be postponed, so not, let's not waste time on this. But we have to be also very careful. We are all, I think, in favor of the, the concept around the experience building phase, although the IMO have, cho have chosen not to use these precise words, but we all know what is meant here. But let's let's call a spade a spade. This discussion is risking in the generating into a discussion between scrubber-friendly and scrubber-unfriendly owners. We must avoid this by all means. We and most other people are interested in the issues which have to do with safety, with availability, with compliance, with enforcement, with technical specifications, and, and everything that goes with them. Scrubbers are a commercial issue. Whoever wants to put scrubbers can put scrubbers, and whoever does not want to put scrubbers has other solutions to consider. So we must not be seen to let this discussion degenerate into a discussion of scrubbers or, or no scrubbers. So, um, but I would like to digress now a little bit, and if you allow me, allow me speak for a few minutes about something entirely different. Um, as you know, uh, usually, 
politicians tend to be invited to speak about one thing and they speak about something completely different. With some of us who, who are the political face of the Greek shipping international organizations happens the same. So I would like to talk to you about the way, as I've seen it in the last three, four years when I'm uh, visiting very frequently in, in Brussels and attend the EXA meetings, the Association of the European Ship Owners Associations, and they are under the, the patronage and, and guidance of extremely important people, one of which is here between us today. Um, I've learned a lot. And um, I have learned that we Greeks here tend to look at shipping in a quite different way than our European colleagues do. We here, for us here in Greece, shipping is our ships, our captains, our chief engineers, our cargo, our machinery, and only very recently in, and in a very limited and, and, and uh, tedious way are we looking at shipping as, as, as something broader. Um, and the first step of this broader view is the cluster, and the cluster in Greece, organization-wise, is still in an in, in embryonic state. But in Europe, the situation is different. Not only is the cluster an extremely important part of what is the European shipping as a whole. Um, but many discussions go even further than that. And other things which are not even included in the classical cl cluster like ports policy, inland water policies and other things are also considered as shipping. Now, what is the result of this? The result of us Greeks looking at our ships alone is it makes us personally happy, but doesn't serve any broader useful purpose. Why? Because we are very few and we have very few votes. But consider the shipping cluster in Europe, and you will see that A, it has an extreme influence which is due to the fact that it represents many more people, many more companies, many, many more working places, and therefore the politicians and the governments and everyone in Europe tend to have a much more, uh, a bigger willingness to listen to these arguments rather than to the arguments of a simple ship owner. We must learn a lesson from this and we must go out of um, thinking that only our ships matter, especially when we consider shipping in the terms of facing face to face to the European institutions, which are these, European Parliament, Commission and even the Council of Ministers. Therefore, we have a great difficulty in, in doing just that, and we had better change. Secondly, there is an extreme difficulty with the institutions in Europe to realize what European shipping is. Now, we all know, they may know it or they may not know it, that almost 80% of European shipping consists of what we understand as shipping, which is Trump shipping the long-distance deep-water shipping, the shipping of which we have invented here the, the catchphrase that if it was not around, then half of the world would starve and the other one would freeze. Unfortunately, this is not clear and it is not understood by the European institutions. Why not? Because they are dealing with the shipping which has more votes for them. They are dealing with the shipping which is right in front of their windows, in Brussels, in Antwerp, in Amsterdam, in Rotterdam, the shipping which 
deals with the local political problems. And for them, the Trump fleet is something distant, something that does its own work somewhere. But, and this leads me now to the last sort of circle of thoughts, we have to realize in what kind of a Europe we live. Now that sounds like a bombastic <laughs> question, but we all know this is, not, this is not a good time for Europe. Because it is a time where Europe is involved in a lot of disputes, acrimonies, and problems. It has a problem, a transatlantic problem with the trade wars with the current US administration. It has a terrific problem with internal strifes and disputes on the immigrants issue. It has very substantial problems which may not hit the, the, main, the main headlines every day, but it has a big problem with the financially strong and sound countries of the north and the weaker countries in the south. And moreover than that, these are the, the bad things that Europe has, but there are a few other things which are, would be good things, but the Europe does not have. Europe does not have a common and coherent foreign policy. It does not have a common and coherent defense policy. It does not have a common and coherent financial policy, even though it has a monetary policy. But basically, it has a lot of problems, and it does not have a lot of important things. And as we all know, he who has nothing tends to be nothing. If I have nothing, I am nothing. There is one, however, extremely important strategic asset which Europe has and of which it does not take due account, which is this gigantic international deep water Trump fleet. Why? Because this is the fleet that, car that carries almost 40% of the world's goods. It gives an extremely important, important strategic asset. Imagine what would happen if Greece, sorry, if Europe did not have this policy. This is the risk that we have highlighted many times. And it has to do with another important issue, which is the competitiveness of the European fleet. But imagine one day this fleet wholesale moves to some other greener pastures, and Europe is dependent, and together with Europe also the rest of the Atlantic family, on their goods being carried by Far Eastern ships built in the Far East, manned by Far Easterners, operated by Far Easterners, belonging to Far Easterners, loading the whole world's cargoes. This would be an absolute and unmitigated disaster, and therefore we have to uh, see the real risks of this happening. Now, wh where does this lead us to? It leads us to the plea or to the request and demand to the European institutions, again, as I say, first and foremost to the Parliament, which is normally the one which comes forward with the stricter and most aggressive regulations. The European Commission, which is, um, is um, wishy-washy most of the times, but proclaims important and very worthwhile desires, but invariably sides with the sides with the side of the parliament and the ministers, we want to tell them very clearly, stop raising and pointing your fingers at shipping. Stop this. You should 
come and stand behind us. You should stand and pat us on the shoulder. You should encourage us. You should support us so that we can continue to be the one and only important strategic asset which you, ladies and gentlemen, in Europe have. Instead of accusing us of being a conservative business, when shipping has been the only business which, since 2008, has reduced its emissions to such a great extent, accuse us that we are backwarded, we are pussyfooting, we are reactionary, and all these sort of things. There are many things where we can work very harmoniously and very positively with the European institutions. And these are some of the challenges which are still out there, and there are many of those, and uh, both the European Commission and EXA and other organizations are very mindful of them. And, you know, just to name as I said, a few, uh, as I said, the competitiveness of the European fleet, which is of great concern to the Commission, the single European window, which is an extremely important issue, but needs time to explain, um, digitalization and other things. But on the issue of regulations, we will always stand against regional regulations versus international regulations, which must be the way to go forward. And we want Europe and the institutions to realize precisely what the value of this fleet is, what it does for it, and what importance it is and credence it is giving to Europe. And with this political statement, I leave you to it. And once again, many thanks to the organizers, Nicola and Olga. And it was a great pleasure to see you all here, and, and thank you very much.